0: I was uh, handed a note before I came up here that if you're driving a gray Toyota Highlander, you're okay. But uh, if you're driving a silver Ford van, your lights are on. Uh, License plate is BL3V451. And so uh, we won't, well, we can wait and see if anyone gets up, but I don't think I want to do that. Just kidding. Um, I'm not sure. How many of you are uh, Facebook users, uh, but I'm one, and and I typically get on there to kind of see what everyone else is doing, and uh, I usually don't post all that much stuff myself. I kind of just like to see what what everyone else is up to. Uh, The teenagers tell me that's called stalking. Um, I call it digital people watching. So you do it at the mall, I do it online, and I guess if you put it that way, it does sound a little creepy, but... Um, sometimes on, on Facebook, you'll see a, a post and it'll be like, oh, this is, this is going to make you cry, get your tissues ready, or you can't believe what this guy just said. Um, and then I came across one that, I don't, I don't know what to call it. it it's, I can't remember the title. It was something along the lines of dumb things people do, maybe. And so I wanted to show you some of these. I'm not even going to comment on that one. That's just... She looks very scared to be in that position on that bike. Now, I like this one because the guy in the end, he knows what's coming. (laughs) He realizes already this is not going to work out. I thought this was a great idea. Let's swing my girlfriend or my wife or fiance. Oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even really think this one's real. There's, There's just no way. I know this one's real, unfortunately. Now, if you can't tell, this is a guy standing on the back of that truck. And as I look, got to look at the picture, that looks like church pews. So it must be okay. Here's another guy. He's holding down the mattress while they're traveling to the new location. Speaking of mattresses, I thought that was really interesting. I'm not sure how they got all those on there and if you need a bike this guy can hook you up and maybe something was wrong with his electricity that day he decided to go up and fix it himself and then this one <laughs> this one I know Craig Grapp loves a lot right here being a safety guy that's perfect and then uh, some makeshift ladders and, and there's a whole category of just ladders if you, if you if you Google dumb people and ladders, you'll get several pictures. And so I, I, I got another one here. <laughs> and another one. Oh, this one. Yeah, with the forklift lifting a forklift, <laughs> lifting something. And it's kind of hard to tell, but this is a chair right there that that guy is teetering on and his mom or his wife or someone's. Bracing that just so he didn't flip off That's real smart And this guy's changing a light bulb I'm, I'm impressed that he got up to that point to be honest. I don't know how he did that and Here's And I could make fun of that one, but i've done that before I've put a ladder on a table before And this one is probably my favorite and i'm gonna leave that one up there for a while because he's he's drilling a hole looks like maybe a hotel pool uh and he's on an aluminum ladder and he's barefoot but it's okay he's got safety goggles on so he's all right um believe it or not these are things that people did on purpose they did intentionally and i don't know if their purpose was to die or to injure somebody else, but they did it on purpose. And and looking at these pictures, a thought occurs to me that how many how many things happen on purpose? I mean, sure, th- some things do happen by accident, but but many things, uh, perhaps even most, happen because it was it was planned by someone. The intentions of of someone came about only because they were they were planning on it. It wasn't didn't just happen. It was it was done on purpose. Years ago, uh, when I was a youth minister at 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 my first church, uh, I got a phone call one day from a father. He was very upset. Um, His daughter had just been caught shoplifting at Walmart. And so he said, hey, can we can we come over right now? Said sure. So they they didn't even go home. They they came straight from Walmart uh, to the church. And we we talked a little while with the three of us. And then I said, let me, let me can I talk with her? So we're sitting there talking. And, and I asked her, I said, so, so why did you do it? Why, why did you decide to shoplift? And I'm not exactly sure what I expected to hear. Uh, but what she did say has, has stuck with me for a long time. Because she, she simply said, I don't know. And actually, it probably came up more like, I don't know. Now why do I remember that? Because that's not exactly earth shattering or something we've never heard before, right? Kids say that all the time. Teenagers say that all the time. When they get caught, why'd you do that? What were you thinking? I don't know. But it, it stuck with me regardless. And not, be, not because I hold that against her, but because I think there are, there are times in our lives that we, we might give the very same answer. We might just answer, I don't know, when we're asked, why did you do that? What, what are you? Why are you doing what you're doing? I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. You can ask my wife. She'll be the first one to tell you that I like to do things on purpose. I like logic and I like reason. I like those to be kind of the backbone of what I'm making my decision. There's almost always a reason behind what I'm doing. But even on my best day, uh, there may be some choices in which I get... I get lazy and there's just not a whole lot of purpose behind. So I later shared with that young lady that was in my office a particular challenge. And it's the same challenge that I want to bring before you today. And the challenge is this. To become a person who's intentional in all areas of your life. Basically, to live on purpose. We need to be an, an intentional people. By the way, this is not just something I just made up. Uh, the Bible calls us to intentional living. This mindset can be found throughout Scripture. And, and so we're going to look at a few examples. In Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, we see that we're supposed to be intentional with our children. Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts impress them on your children talk with them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates this is not just a philosophy this is purposeful actions when we see ephesians 5 we see that we're supposed to be intentional in our marriages submit to one another out of reverence for christ or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. If you really listen to those words and really think about that, about the, the sacrificial love and the submission on the part of both the husband and the wife, there's, there's really no question that those things have to be done on purpose. Again, it's not done by accident. And speaking of love, we, we read uh, the out of the love chapter, First Corinthians 13 this morning and uh, We read out of the niv earlier and I I wanted to read uh, The paraphrase from the message to you because I kind of like the way it's written there as well If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love I'm nothing but but the creaking of a rusty gate If I speak god's word with power revealing all his mysteries and making everything uh, plain as day And if I have the faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Just as as the scripture tells us, and, and as we know Showing love and and demonstrating love carries so much more weight than just professing your love. You can say I love you to somebody, but what they really want to see is I want to see the demonstration of that love. Show me. Don't just say it. In Colossians 3.23, we see Paul's words to slaves. And I think actually anybody that works could, could apply these to ourselves. Because we see that we sh- we're supposed to have a godly purpose in what we do. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not human masters. Furthermore, if we, if we want to strive to be like Christ. If we want to be imitators of God. We cannot continue to live by the seat of our pants. We can't go about this life without intentionality. Because as I, as I read and understand the gospels. There's not a thing, there's not a thing that Christ did that wasn't on purpose. So the Bible tells us there's a need to be intentional in what we do, to live on purpose. But there's something else I want to add to that challenge, and that's to become a person who's intentional in all areas of your life. And to do so with the expectation that God will do wonderful things because of it. To do so with ex, with expectation. What do I what do I mean by that? A few weeks ago, Richie was preaching and he mentioned the, the TV show The A-Team. And he talked about the, the phrase that Hannibal says at the end of almost every episode. You know, I love it when a plan comes together, right? And a lot of y'all said it that when he started that, that phrase, I love it and y'all finished it. And I was so proud of my church family that morning. Just because of the knowledge of A-team. Y'all have to Google A-team and watch a a YouTube episode, try to make it all the way through. Uh, Don't judge us for liking it, but um, I love it when a plan comes together. Don't we all love that? I mean, when, when the time and the planning and all the moving parts finally come together and it works. It comes out just like we expected it to. In reality, we, we do this every day without, without issues. We get in our car and we, we drive to work. We, we wake up in the morning and our refrigerator is still working. Uh, you decide to bake a cake and it comes out normally. Every day there are hundreds, maybe thousands of expectations uh, for things that we plan. That turn out just like we expected them to. Because it was, it was intended that way. It was designed that way. Your car was designed by some very smart engineers so that it could run for years without failure. If you're driving a Kia, then you've got months of guaranteed without failure. I apologize if you're a Kia owner for more reason than one. Um, But your car was designed to do that. Same thing with your refrigerator. It was designed to run for years. We have a refrigerator in our house that... I think it's as old as I am, and if you're thinking twenty five, twenty six, you'd be you'd be right. Uh, it's 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 still running. It was my parents. It's it's in my house now. It's still running. Uh, somebody designed that. Somebody decided and figured out if I put these ingredients in here and cook it for this long at this temperature, it's going to produce this cake. It was intended that way. It's only when something when it doesn't happen that way, that we're, we're put out, that we're, we're frustrated. I get in my car and it doesn't work. Or I wake up and the refrigerator is, is now it's not working. Or the cake uh, burns or collapses. Why are we put out by those things? Well, because we, we have expectations of what it's going to be like. If I were just to throw stuff into a bowl and, and throw it in the oven and just to pick a temperature, nobody would be surprised. That, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a burnt mess. So, when it, when it comes to being more intentional in all the areas of our lives, and to do so with the expectation that God's going to do wonderful things because of it, how about we put some thought into our desired end result so we can determine what it's going to take to see it happen? What's your expectation for your relationship with your kids? With your parents, with your grandkids, with your spouse, with your family? What, what's your expectations for the workplace, uh, for school? If you're going to be intentional about every aspect of your life, what are, what are your expectations? Does that involve you being intentional? It's been said that insanity is, is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Are we expecting something different without even intentionally trying to do something about it? I mean, we, we want our kids to turn out great. What are we doing to ensure that? If you want your child to learn how to, you want your, your child to know how to oh, fix a car, plant a garden. Just not, that's not going to just happen. We have to do that. We, we plan for something with a full intention that it's going to happen that way. Now, is, is every plan of mine going to work out the way I want it to? No. Sometimes God has other plans. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God surprises us and, comes out, and it comes out even better than we expected. But when we plan for something, we move forward with full intention that it's going to happen that way. And even if God does change it. Because isn't the expectation a big reason why we plan for it in the first place? I'm going to say that again. Isn't isn't the expectation of what's going to happen a big reason why we plan in the first place? So there's a few things that living intentionally requires. The first is kind of what I've been talking about. Vision. Call it vision. Call it expectations. But having a vision for what you want to accomplish. What is the finished product look like. That's your expectation. That's the end product. What is gonna look like when it's all said and done? Today is Super Bowl Sunday and, and I don't suppose for one second that the Denver Broncos or the Carolina Panthers are surprised that they're in the game tonight. They've they've been planning for more than a year to get to this point. They had a vision, they had an expectation of this day. And, in fact, I guarantee you that their vision, their expectation is not just to be in the game tonight, but it's to win. Both teams have that expectation. Again, I ask, what what is your vision for your relationship with your spouse, with your family, with your coworkers, with the most important things in your life? If you get that picture in your head, that's that's your vision, that's your expectation. The next thing is, is planning, and that involves some goals. What are some goals that you have? If you're the Denver Broncos, and I'll, I'll do that for the, the benefit of the Douglas family this morning, I'll talk about the Denver Broncos. They're big fans. Um, so I am mentioning them. So that gives me some points. Uh, if you're the Denver Broncos, what are your goals? They'll say, well, to win the Super Bowl. Well, okay, that's kind of, we already established, that's our vision, that's our, ex, that's our expectation, right? So if our goal if that's our vision and expectation, what are our goals? What's going to have, help us achieve that expectation? How are you going to get there? It's it's the teams that I think that say, well, we're going to work harder. We're just going to work harder. Those are the teams that aren't in the Super Bowl. It's, it's the families that say, well, we're just going to work harder at this whole thing. That they're probably going to find themselves in the same situation six months later. Now, if if the Broncos want to win the Super Bowl, they assess what they have and decide what their goals are. They they want to get faster and smarter with their offense. They want to come up with with schemes to confuse the opposing quarterback. They'll run drills so that they don't get tired and they're thinking quicker and they're running more precise routes and, and they're not quitting until the whistle blows. They're gonna have team meetings, they're gonna have they're gonna watch film, they're gonna have one on one time with their their players. This is how you approach a life with intentionality. You see the difference between that and saying, well, we're just going to work harder. And don't get me wrong. I I don't mean to make this look easy because this part can be tough. I mean, we all have a vision. We all can have a vision, expectation. Well, I expect it to be like this. But how do we get there? In some ways, again, we've we've been doing that in other aspects of our lives. If you've ever planned a, a vacation, you've created a goal of some sort. Uh, for me, if, if I go on vacation and my goal is to relax, guess what? I'm not going to Disney World. And I love Disney World. I that's my family. I love Disney World. But when you go to Disney World, it's a lot of money. And so I'm going to get as much bang for my buck as I can. If I'm there three days in Florida, I'm spending three days in the parks. I'm up early. I'm staying up late. I'm getting as much experience as I can because, man, it costs a lot of money to get there. So if I'm going to Disney, I'm not going to Disney World to relax. If that's my goal for vacation, I'm not going there to relax. I'm going to go to the beach with some food and some books and my family. Don't forget that. And and that's it. And that's how I'm I'm going to go there to relax. So we know how to do that with... Vacations. I mean, there are goals that we set forth to accomplish our vision. You determine the choices that will help you achieve that vision. Is this going to help me have a better relationship with my wife? No. All right, then I need to realign and get back and uh, uh, readjust and get realigned to that vision that I have. Hmm, it seems like yelling is not doing what I wanted to in my vision at home. Then, well, guess what? There's a goal. I'm going, to, I'm going to stop yelling. We know that this can be tough. Like I said, we can do this for vacation. We can determine what we want to do on vacation. But the goals for ourselves, goals for our family, that can be a little tougher. And we, and we want to help you with that. Uh, no doubt... You found in your seats this morning, the my faith and home plan, 90 days of intentionality. As I mentioned before, a team, a football team would assess where they're at, how they're doing in certain areas and then and then make adjustments. And so this the first part of this brochure looking thing is the assessment. It's your chance to evaluate how well have I been intentional? How intentional have I been in the past 90 days? That's just for you, by the way. You're not going to turn this in. The elders aren't going to collect this and go, oh, no, no. No, that, that's just for you. Okay? And on the skinny portion of, of that assessment, you'll see my 90-day plan. That's where you get to write down those those targets, those goals. And again, that's just for you to keep. And I know that the, the wording is, is never perfect on anything that you, you produce, so... Forgive me if the if the wording's not perfect, but but this is a is a good start to assessing where where am I at as far as being intentional with my family, with myself, with my goals. So there's creating a vision, there's planning, and then there's taking action, doing something about it, and that's the part that the the leadership here, the the ministers, the deacons, the elders. We can't help you much with that. I mean, we can put resources before you. We can have seminars. We can bring guest speakers. We can come alongside you to help, but we can't do your job for you. We can't make you do these things. That part is up to you. It's, it's, it's up to you to implement your vision and your goals. But we do want to help. We want to we live more intentionally. Intentionally. So the, the assessment is just the first part of the plan. And Jerry, if we'll play that, that video. We've, we've also created the, the Faith at Home Center located in the foyer just outside the fellowship room. The, the Faith at Home Center offers both a physical, physical connection point for our families so that you can deepen your relationship with your own family and with this church family. We have allocated this space for the priority for the, for this priority here at Pine Tree. And right now over there at the at the center, you'll see these little brochure things. You see a couple of them in the picture there. These are what we call blueprints. Faith at home blueprints on subjects listed on the on the opposite side. I believe they're inside here on the inside flap of that assessment. You see some of the life stages, special circumstances. But you'll find blueprints on subjects that are listed there. And just real quick, just uh, I'll, I'll take a poll. If you have ever had a family, raise your hand. Okay, there's some people not raising their hands, but I'm gonna assume you just dozed off. Um, we that should encompass everybody. We've all come from a family. We're all a part of a family. So just in case you think, well, I'm not a young family. I don't have, I don't have teenagers. And uh, this must not be for me. No, this is for you. There is something there for everyone. These blueprints offer uh, helpful information on all seasons of life. And on the back side of, of uh, the blueprint is further resources. There's some books. Sometimes there's a website. Sometimes there's other stuff on there. If there's a book listed on the back of this, we have it at the center. And you can check out. And all we ask is when you check it out you don't have to put what book you check out but we'd like you to put your name and phone number and the date you checked it out. Keep it for a couple of weeks and then bring it back so that someone else can read it. I don't I don't I'm not looking to keep up with what you're checking out. So you can do that anonymously. But we want to we want to do what we can to help you. And this is what we're calling kind of phase phase 1. We're going to be adding more things to the center that will go hand in hand with our, our married people program, with our children's program, with our youth program. And when we do that, we're going we're gonna to tell you about it. Hey, we've got some new stuff, the Faith at Home Center. And periodically we're going to do, this, would, this technically would be kind of a campaign, a 90 days of intentionality. We're going to have other campaigns for 60 days or 90 days to just keep it on the forefront of your mind. We need to be intentional about what we're doing. We want to help you become more intentional in your dealings with your spouse, with your kids, with your coworkers, with your family, with everyone you encounter. We want to be a people that live on purpose, not by default, with intentionality behind every decision we make, to work on purpose as if we're working for the Lord. Because when we do that and when we involve God in that vision... It's no longer a dream that we can only wish for. It's something that God can bring to fruition. Pull that last slide up there for me. Someone once said there are three types of people in the world. Those who make things happen. Those who watch things happen. And those who wonder what happened. I don't want to be those last two. I want to be one who makes things happen in the lives of my family, in the lives of, of this family. We need to be a people who does not live by default, but by decision. To be someone who becomes intentional in all areas of our lives and then do, and does so because of, because of the expectation. Knowing that God is going to do wonderful things because of it if if you have a need this morning if you'd like the the prayers of this church uh, if you'd like to meet with elder up front or or, uh, elders in the in the back privately or if you have decided that you want to live more intentionally to to confess christ to put him on in baptism and begin living on purpose in christ we we invite you to come as we stand and as we sing